coughing is fine. I will edit the shit out of that. You'll be able to see it because it'll be like a big spike. <coughs> yeah, I mean, I, I always do like a full listen through anyway. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 12 of your favourite gay podcast, Pronouns in Bio. Re, what are we going to be talking about today on the show? Maybe. <coughs> <laughs> oh, uh, today on the show, we're going to be talking about, as promised, uh, sexy dads and all their iterations. I actually was worried when I was first making the notes for this episode that sexy dads is actually like quite a narrow corner to have backed ourselves into, but I have every faith that it's actually going to be quite fruitful. I think so. I think so. So first of all, and I'm going to pose this question to you because it's not one that I've successfully answered in my preparation for the show. What is a sexy dad? (laughs) And what makes it a podcast theme? I think... A sexy dad is like a trope, I think, in media. Mm. For me, a sexy dad isn't someone like like Ryan Reynolds, right? Like, it's not someone Mm. that's... It's not a dad that's, like, conventionally buff or, like, attractive. Mm. Mm. More that, like, they're sexy by virtue of, like, being a good dad. Yes, absolutely. Um, The sexiness is coming from inside the paternity. Exactly, exactly. And, like, they, I think they have to sort of be middle-aged or older and, like... A bit haggard, for me anyway. Mm-hmm. I think I think like there's a bit of tiredness around the edges that mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. I think there's significant crossover between sexy dad and like tired cop. Yeah, well, funnily enough, when you were describing this, the guy who was popping into my head was uh, Hopper from Stranger Things. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Perfect example. Perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's tired cop and sexy dad, right? Yeah. Exactly. Later on in the show, we're going to discuss different dad archetypes and how they might manifest. So I'm sure we'll be able to explore that further there. I think for me as well, I don't really consider myself a particularly, I mean, I'm not broody in the slightest. I have like no Mm. desire to have children. I don't think I have a particularly maternal instinct except for when it comes to cats. And so whilst it is in the the dadness, For me, it's less about that that kind of like seeing a a sexy dad holding a baby and being like, ah, and more about just that like, you know, like they really care and they've got a big heart and stuff. I think it's probably just like being a caring and like, you know, emotional person. I think that's part of it for me as well. It's not just that them holding the baby appeals to like a breeding response. It's that you're like, maybe I could be the baby. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that wasn't not. where I was going not? with it, no. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I guess I've said it on air now. <laughs> you can't take that one back. <laughs> Maybe the reason you don't have a maternal instinct, because you're like, cause I've got a huge number. I've got, oh my God. I was, Did you say I've got to a say huge was, non-binary instinct? <laughs> when I tried to say, I tried to say, I've got a huge non-binary. No! <laughs> I've a huge got a non-binary huge... what? <laughs> <laughs> I hate the reason I'm trans feminine is I just focused all the rest of my gender into this like weird non-binary organ. But I'm not telling you which one it is. You'll never find out. The non-binary is stored in the balls. No, what I was going to say is I have a huge maternal instinct 
but then I'm trans feminine, mm. like maybe the reason you don't have a maternal instinct is because you're gonna hit like a certain age who knows um, oh, like shit. how soon down the line and you're gonna become a sexy dad. Oh my God, I, just, I like I saw you were going with that halfway through and I was just like fully on board by the time you got to the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, you know, I've, I've spent enough time with you to know that like you are caring, you mm. are loving. Like mm. I, I've seen that much with the cat and I'm, mm. I'm sure that that could come out elsewhere. Like you are good looking. You're, mm-hmm. you're sometimes haggard. Um, so, I'm sometimes very tired. You're sometimes just so tired. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I can. I can accept this. Yeah. As long as I don't have to have the baby, then that's fine. Yeah. No. 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 I mean, you know me. I want ten million babies. Yeah. You can have the baby, and I'll be the dad. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> that's what a family is. <laughs> Two tired transgender people. <laughs> so I think we all kind of know that we live in the age of the dad bod. Yes. Like it's kind of quite a conventional trope, conventional enough that we could scoop it for our low effort podcast. <laughs> but is it a modern phenomenon, do you think? Has it like come from somewhere or are we just experiencing the latest iteration? I think it's tied up with like fatigue with the kind of like facade of social media like Mm. I think it's tied up with seeing airbrushed photos on Instagram and like filtered stuff yeah just the amount of editing and things like that I think it's refreshing to like see just a regular looking dude you know yeah like a sexy dad is like a kind of marker of authenticity in an inauthentic time yeah yeah sure (laughs) 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 yeah i mean like when i look at i don't mean to like rag on ryan reynolds here but he was the person that came to mind when i thought of someone Mm. that was like fit and fit Mm. but Mm. like you know to maintain that kind of body he's gonna be like working out all the time he's not gonna be able to just like eat the food that he wants and it's Mm. just like it doesn't look like it'd be particularly fun to be be that ripped or be with someone that was that ripped you know i guess it combines like access to those pleasures with the authority figure who can give you those pleasures. That makes sense to me. If uh, any of the listeners at home know any historical sexy dads, any like prior instances of this, then please do answers on the back of a postcard. That would be delightful. (laughs) I'm sure that there's got to be like sexy dads through history. There's like a project in there. Yeah, I honestly tried to think about it and I Mm. couldn't really... I couldn't think of any dads in history who were sexy in the sexy dad way. Like, Mm. I can think of, like, historical Ryan Reynolds's, like, fit guys who are dads. Mm. But I couldn't think of any, like, examples of sexy paternity, you know? I would kept trying to be like, let me think of, like, a sexy historical dad. And then I'd be like, Gerald from The Witcher. And then I'd be like, no, (laughs) fuck, he's not not (laughs) real. He's not real. (laughs) (laughs) I actually think that Geralt from The Witcher might be actually in like the rare category of incredibly buff, but also still a sexy dad. Yeah, because he's kind of like, he's super buff because of all these like fighting monsters all the time. And all the like potions and stuff he takes and shit. Yeah, but he's also got like a fucked up body and <laughs> like, he's kind of grisly. I feel like my perspective is really influenced by the fact that when I played The Witcher, I was never very good at the 
potions mechanic and Geralt would always be poisoned as fuck. So he'd be talking to all these tavern wenches and stuff with like his eyes are fucking bugging out, his face is turning black, like he's visibly his bleeding. His jaw is gurning. Yeah! <laughs> he's got a... T- <laughs> trying to go to the brothel to complete a quest uh, they're like you're not coming here tonight mate you take, take a, a walk around the block mate yeah get some <laughs> chips <laughs> <laughs> oh dear the the other half of this question is why do gay people like the sexy dad figure so much because it is our communities driving it online. Is it? I mean, I feel like we've got a strong contention between the queers and also the middle-aged mums. Interesting. I, you know, I genuinely hadn't thought of that, like, particular angle of it. But I guess because my taste in men is basically the middle-aged mums. Mm. And so maybe I'm just, like, too far in that camp. Yeah, unless maybe not. Maybe you... Mm. No, no, I th- I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on it because the way I'm envisaging it is it's like, it's almost this like ironic queer community thing that has become very sincere, but I absolutely don't want to like prescribe that as a mm. dad view. I guess I'm thinking of like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's kind of known that like, like real life dads who will like take their newborn to the grocery store or whatever will be like mm. women will strike up conversation you know like it's oh a, yeah it's, chick it's a real lady killer move right mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah i feel like i think there's a significant crossover here in terms of who appreciates the sexy dads but i think for different reasons i think you're right there i mean there's nothing saying that like those middle-aged women can't also be members of the queer community this is true I say, I say having just turned 31, like I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm under no illusions about what time holds for me. I think we can chalk this one up to just a universal appreciation that the quiz are a part of. Interesting. This might then make this the least gay pronouns in bio we've ever done. <laughs> I think so. I think so. This is basically a straight podcast. <laughs> Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome to the... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the heterosexual podcast for cisgender people. <laughs> Do not put your pronouns in the bio. You don't need to because you're normal. You don't. <laughs> you don't. You you don't need to. People will just assume that shit. <laughs> They'll always get it right. You're fucking killing it. Did you see? This is a bit of a deviation, but it's important to me now that we're talking about pronouns. Mm-hmm. Did you see people dicking on Judith Butler today? Oh, God. The last thing I saw was she'd written another article and then, like, yeah, Jessie Singal had, like, quote tweeted and been like, it's clear that Judith Butler's only just started looking into this stuff. And it was like, Jessie, my good dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was this one tweet doing the rounds where some turf account had been like, maybe Judith Butler should do some reading about gender. <laughs> and I was just like, mm, I'm very my smart. guy. <laughs> oh, oh, it's honestly like worse than any of the times I've been brigaded by transphobic trolls. I was just like, get her name out of your filthy mouths, you animals. <laughs> was that what you uh, were thinking of? Or has there been more since then? It's just been ongoing. Just like, it's that specific brand of like, Judith Butler doesn't know what she's talking about. Like, someone was like, 
I understand that some people in academia actually work hard, but then there's people like Judith Butler who just take the celebrity and don't do any of the work. Uh, that's a bit rich, isn't it? <laughs> I know, I know. It's fucking... What is that line from Batman where he's like, you either, like, die a hero or live long enough to see your name dragged by the fucking Guardian <laughs> comments section? <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely maddening. The reason she popped into my head was... Um, because Judith Butler's a sexy dad. You know what? I think I think, I think they are, you know? Yeah. Well, so the Judith Butler, she slash they thing is what brought the whole thing into my mind, talking about, like, you know, cis people being much more used to people getting their pronouns right all the time and so not understanding, mm. as a result, the importance of pronouns discourse and you know we, we, we can talk about pronouns discourse in full another time but yeah listening to her on a podcast saying that you know sometimes people mistake her for a man and that doesn't super bother her and sometimes they call her a woman and that doesn't super bother her either and yeah actually feeling despite my you know commitment to this side of the binary gender spectrum finding it really really empowering to hear the literal inventor of gender be like, yes, I've I've solved this. I've fixed this. Mm-hmm. I've become the perfect gender-free sexy dad. <laughs> Judith Butler's words, not mine. Gender didn't exist before Judith Butler came along. She literally invented it. We all had to live through it. And now she's closing it because people are taking the piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's said enough is enough now. Yeah. yeah. And to be fair, she's not wrong. seen the notes of this one and I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to clarify for the listeners at home, the notes are a single word. One word. One that's, word. That's all I need. <laughs> so before we get to that word, this part of the show is Gaze of Future Past. Gaze of Future Past. <laughs> Re, tell us a little bit about what Gaze of Future Past entails. Gaze of Future Past is a regular segment on the show where one of us will convince the other that a figure, be it historical, fictional, was actually uh, gay and or trans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Cleo, who is this month's Gay of Future Past? What if I said to you, <laughs> Gorsh! Is <laughs> <laughs> Goofy! Goofy the dog from the movies! From the movies. Yeah, so full <laughs> confession, I am once again going to be talking about a gay of future past whose movie I haven't seen. But I do, I have actually seen some of the cartoons, like the old Tammy cartoons. Mm-hmm. I've not seen the goofy movie where everyone always posts that like hot anthro furry girl from. Mm-hmm. I have seen like goofy in the cartoons and stuff. And I've seen like images of people dressed as goofy. I haven't actually had that much goofy exposure. I didn't have a Disney Channel subscription as a kid. Like, I was a, like, four terrestrial channels kid, you know? Yeah, well, we were as well, but we had some, like, bootleg videos of, like... You know those ones that are just, like, rando episodes of different cartoons? So there was, like, one Scooby-Doo and then one yeah, with, like, yeah. Goofy and Donald Duck and then one, you know, one, like, weird Russian one made with puppets or something. Mm-hmm, Yeah. So I've always felt quite a strong spiritual connection to Goofy. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. The goof flows strong through me. Mm-hmm. 
And I was actually pondering really hard what to do for this week's Gaze of Future Past. Maybe it's because this is the most heterosexual, like most cis-normative pronouns in bio ever. <laughs> but I really struggled to think of like a sexy dad who wasn't either already like out and proud mm. or like didn't need gaying up. I wonder if it's because there's something in the authenticity of the sexy dad archetype mm. that resists our funny, silly little games, mm. you know? Mm. You're saying like, this is a guy who is just the way he is and that is, mm, perfect, chef's kiss. <laughs> when you were saying that, I guess, what actually sprung to my mind, and I've fucking forgotten the character's name, but the dad from Rugrats. Oh, uh, d- d- the, the tired looking purple haired guy. Rugrats dad. Who was the Rugrats dad? I think his name's Dill Pickles. Because the kid is Tommy Pickles. I think yeah. his name is Dill Pickles. Like a Dill Pickle. Yeah, the the, the, the tired looking one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The purple head one. Stu, 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 Stu Pickles, Stu. Stu Pickles. Yeah, Why yeah, do you yeah. think his name was Dill? <laughs> <laughs> like a pickle. Dill Pickles is is one of the kids, I think. Right. He's Tommy's brother. There you go. Google's telling me this. I do not have, like, extensive Rugrats knowledge to hand. <laughs> I mean, clearly me neither, but that is fucked up of the Rugrats writers to give one of the characters, like, a funny theme Tommy name and the rest and then of them. Dill. Just... <laughs> you can tell who's the favourite kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually kind of hate Rugrats. Like, I liked it when I was a kid, but now I look back on it and it looks so vulgar. I had the, uh, the PS1 video game. That was hard as shit. But uh, I fucking loved it. It had a really great, like, golf minigame that I really liked. Golf minigame? Yeah, and then it had a wow. really scary, like, genuinely scary section in the toy store where you had to, like, get through the toy store, but it was after dark and all the toys were coming to life. And I would have to stop playing by the time I got to that level and just start the game again because I just found it so scary. Those, like, IP video games were always, like, super hard. And I think in retrospect, it's because they were just, like, cobbled together... Yeah. In no time. They were churned out, weren't they? Yeah. I had the official Jimmy Neutron video game and it was almost unbeatable. And it sort of turned out the reason it was almost unbeatable was just because it was like buggy as shit and you could not finish it. That's the same with uh, the Bugs Life PS1 game as well. Fuck. Was, like, Bugs Life shit. PS1 game. Anyway, tell me more about Goofy. I want to hear more about Goofy. Gorge! Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, Goofy is a single dad. Mm-hmm. So that's that's his basic qualifier. Mm-hmm. He's a single yeah. dad. Mm-hmm. And I did some research on this, which is rare for me. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, well, because <laughs> I feel like a connection to Goofy, I kind of felt the urge to do him justice. Not like that awful car, who I just didn't want anything to do with. <laughs> but like, Goofy, in the the movie, which I've not seen, but I read a bit about today... He's, like, raising his son Max on his own. And a lot of the movie is about, like, Max's struggles, like, while dealing with his embarrassing dad. And I actually think there is an imprint there, similar to what we talked about last week with, like, Charlie and Twilight and Mm. Bella. Mm. Where, like, we see it as young people from Bella's perspective. And in this case, like, we see it as we get older from Goofy's perspective. Uh Like, he's just trying to raise his kid right. Mm -hmm. But, like... He's he's goofy, you know? <laughs> he's fucking goofy as shit. He's goofy as shit. Yeah, exactly. 
goofy. He's literally goofy. And like, to me, that is a really pure expression of the dad archetype. Like, I feel like all of us, when we're trying to do all sorts of responsible things in life, let alone fatherhood, have our moments of goofy. Mm. And so, like, and then this character is literally, like, he's goofy (laughs) 24-7. He is goofy, like, cradled to the grave. And he's raising a kid all by himself. And his kid is like, oh, dad. And and he's like, gorsh, you know? And like... (laughs) So anyway... As I was moseying around, I was just, like, getting into the head of the character. So Goofy's been knocking around for a bit, right? Like, he's got a teenage son, but he was, like... He started his acting career in, like, the 50s. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, by the time the Goofy movie's coming around, he's left definitely, like, an older dad. Like, he's had his first kid when he's in his, like, late 40s, maybe even 50s. So he's, he's kind of getting on a bit. He clearly still kind of dresses that way. He's got, like, that older hippie guy vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got, like, the waistcoat, the orange sweater, like, the baggy jeans, the, like, semi-collapsed hat. And you ever see, like, an older guy? I don't want to be, like, we young people because you're barely young people and I'm definitely not. But you know how, like, our generation and down, we are a lot more au fait with communicating our sexualities and gender identities. Like, we have kind of grown up in worlds that have these languages. Yes, yeah. Well, Goofy didn't. And you ever see, like, an older guy who's got, like, a particular look about him? Mm. And you're like, is that guy, like, a bit of a hippie? Was he, like, a stoner in the 80s? Mm-hmm. Or is he a bit, like, you know? A friend of Dorothy. Yeah, exactly! Goofy has, like, huge, quote-unquote, friend of Dorothy energy. Yeah. And so while I'm bumming around, uh, like look, doing my little research, I find out that there used to be a girl Goofy who like Goofy is like trying to win and then Goofy's like married to her. Mm-hmm. By the time we get to the 90s, Mickey Mouse is still with Minnie Mouse. Mm-hmm. Donald Duck is still with Daisy Duck. And this isn't a relationship continuity thing because Miss Piggy and Kermit are divorced but uh-huh. they're very much still, like, they are still each other's, like, vibe. Yeah. I, I mean, IMO Miss Piggy is, like, very much chaos bisexual, but that, that's another story. <laughs> and, like, Goofy, notably, the, like, female goof does not return. Mm. And so I get to thinking, mm-hmm. is this actually just that, like... That's not Goofy's vibe. Yeah, but maybe he felt like pressure to conform way back when. But then the 90s came around and everybody got a little bit freer. Well, exactly. Like, Goofy sees, like, he's already in this fucked up world where one of his neighbours is a mouse and another one of his neighbours is a duck. And (laughs) then, like, you know, that mouse then marries another mouse, like, in a heterosexual ceremony. And then the duck marries another duck in a heterosexual ceremony. And then Goofy looks at his dog, who is also a dog, so that's also (laughs) fucked up, and is like, I need to marry a female Goofy. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they have a kid, he gets a bit older, the kid starts acting up, things get difficult, and he, like, looks at himself, and he's, like, still dressing the same way uh, as he has been for, like, you know, 30, going on 40 years now, and he's got to be, like, gorsh, you know? Like... (laughs) I must be doing this for a reason. Like, who is Goofy? <laughs> and I think there's something in there, you know? Like, obviously, it's Disney, and they've literally, in the year of our Lord, 2020, 20, 
2020. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's been 200 million years since the <laughs> pandemic. Literally by the year 2020, 20, maybe Disney will have figured out to just like put some fucking normal ass gay people in their shit. Yeah. Like they keep being like the newest gay Star Wars or something. And then there'll be like a pair of women stiffly kissing in the background or something. So that they can easily edit it out for Chinese aud- audiences. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like I saw someone bashing on about how like there's this new Marvel movie. It's another superhero one and it's got like a gay character in it. And they were like, and it's getting panned because critics hate gay people. And I'm and I'm just like, way gayer shit routinely clears even like the lowest bars yeah. of like centrist critics. It's only the real like pot bashing right wingers who still go out for blood over an on-screen gay kiss or something. It's yeah. the fact that the gay people aren't remotely interesting and they're flying around in leotards shooting lasers from their eyes that's like... <laughs> Is this, the Eter- is this The Eternals? It looks so fucking boring. Is that it? The Eternals? I think so, yeah. Oh. Uh, I think I'm confused because wasn't there like another movie called something like that with Charlize Theron and that had a gay couple in it. They're like immortal and they go around fighting. I have no idea. <laughs> There's so much superhero shit. Like I've, I've stopped keeping up with it. Oh, it wasn't The Old Guard. The Old Guard. It wasn't oh, right. superhero shit. It was, um, they're like... There's certain people who are just born and then, like, all their wounds heal whenever they get hurt. Yeah. It's really good, actually. It's, it's mm. good. Anyway, my point is, <laughs> if Disney wants to improve on-screen gay representation, and I'm not talking some fucking background shit, I'm not talking some fucking laser beam eternals, they need to revisit Goofy. And yes. it doesn't even have to be, like, Goofy kisses a guy. I'm not saying that's what it has to be. I'm just saying... It's clear from the goofy text that there is like some self-reflection, some self-examination going on there. Like it doesn't have to be Goofy's gay. Maybe Goofy's ace. Maybe, you know, maybe Goofy's just figuring himself out. But my point is that there is something there. He's part of the community somehow. Exactly. I feel like I have sat down with Goofy in the smoking area (laughs) and he's been like, gosh, I just don't. I don't agree with labels, you know? Like, sometimes I look at a guy and I think he looks great, but sometimes I look at a lady and, and, you know, and I'm like, yeah, mate, yeah. Yeah, I really respect that. Yeah. And like... Yeah. And like... And I've been there, man, and I would always be there for him, you know? I think we should invite Goofy on a night out to to Karma. I think we can help him out. I just think we can help him out, you know? I think he'd really love it. I think once you get that guy limbered up, then he would fucking go to town. I think so. This is our official pronouns in bio invitation to Goofy to join us on a night out. Goofy, listener of this podcast, (laughs) if you're out there, (laughs) please, if this is a safe space. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know, I'm convinced. Obviously, I just invited Goofy on a night out, so... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not only convinced that Goofy is gay, I'm also convinced he should be our friend. <laughs> yeah, I want to take him under my wing immediately. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> do you want to do the official Goofy pronoun... The Goofy pronouns in bio award? The Goofy Gaze of Future Past award? <clears throat> 
Does he have a surname? Is it like if he does, I didn't read that much. MX Goofy. Mix Goofy. Is Goofy a mix? Goofy. I think he's just Goofy. Surname. Like no title, no surname, Surf. just Goofy. Goofy Disney. Hmm. Because like Mickey Mouse is called Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck is called Donald Duck. He was originally dubbed Dippy Dog. <laughs> <laughs> So he has transitioned. Is He's what you're changed saying. his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that actually goofy is non-binary because he changed his name to just like a single like <laughs> this MF called socks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Goofy, you are our official pronouns in bio. Gay of future past. Congratulations. Thank you, Goofy. <laughs> On the next section of the show, we are going to talk about some of our favourite sexy dads. Goofy, notwithstanding, obviously <laughs> he would be everybody's favourite. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to lead in with a little cheat because we did talk about this a bit last week, but it deserves going over in a little more detail. I want to talk about Charlie from Twilight. Mm-hmm. So honestly, listeners are probably going to be coming straight off the Twilight episode to talk about this. But Ree, can you just give us like a quick pricey on who Charlie is and what his deal is. So Charlie is the dad of the protagonist, Bella, who's a teenage girl. Uh, in the book series Twilight, Charlie is your kind of very stereotypical, like gruff, mustachioed, like kind of graying around the edges. He's also the sheriff of a very small town. Uh, and Bella crucially hasn't lived with him for a long time since she was little because uh, her parents are divorced and then she decides that she's going to go and live with Charlie for a bit and start college or high school, high school, right? You get this kind of like gruff, emotionally stunted man trying to do his best to be a good dad to this difficult uh, teenage girl who's also in love with a boy who's trying to kill her. it's such like a it's such like a oh we've all been there (laughs) yeah very relatable (laughs) it's interesting isn't it actually this isn't like charlie specific but how so many of these sexy dads are single dads or divorced dads i think i think that is a part of it yeah because like hopper from stranger things divorced goofy Mm -hmm. divorced Mm -hmm. the two dads that i'm going to bring up also, yeah, are either divorced or widowed. That is so interesting. Do you think that is like, those are both parts of the like middle-aged woman attraction element and part of the broader sort of queer paraphamilial attachment to mm. to it? There's, there's a sense in which this is a guy who is like very capable on his own, but also who maybe needs something. Yeah, I think he's capable on his own. But yeah, like he's looking for a companion and he's also a bit sad. I think he's got to be a bit sad as well. So this is one of the things that I like most about Charlie. And it's actually something that the Twilight movies really bring to life. So I don't know if you agree with this, if you're a books and movies fan or if you've uh, not seen the movies, then please do go to them for some A-grade Charlie content. There's like a little (laughs) bit of weird vampire shit you have to sit through, but then... (laughs) 
worth it for the Charlie. We can pick out the pages that have the, the best Charlie content for you. <laughs> <laughs> you can. I will not be doing that. His story, I guess because the book is written by Stephanie Mayer when she's quite a young woman. She's quite a young woman when she's writing it, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think she's like in her, her like 20s, early, I, think. I think. she's in her, like, early 30s. Well, maybe not. Maybe she's younger than that. Oh, ah, I thought she was younger than that when she started. In any case, she's writing it as a woman for young women. And Charlie's story actually goes, understandably, pretty untold. Mm. He's viewed entirely through the lens of Bella, who obviously finds him quite overbearing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand her new homicidal boyfriend. <laughs> He's just not cool and fun like her mum is even though the reason she's with Charlie is because her mum wasn't, like, able to look after her properly. Mm-hmm. But you do get... The film gives you a little more of Charlie, and it kind of shows you this, yeah, quite sad, quite lonely guy, to the point that, as we discussed in the last episode, when Bella pies off Jacob, Jacob and Charlie become pals in mm-hmm. the sort of sacked off by Bella Swan, mad at Edward Cullen <laughs> club. I don't know if it confers like a level of sexy dadness on Jacob, given that Taylor Lautner is literally a child in these, <laughs> these film properties. I'm going to go ahead and say no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to firmly exclude Taylor Lautner from the sexy dad category. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But like... <laughs> I think I do think that Robert Pattinson actually, if he became a dad, would have grounds for it. Not Robert Pattinson, Twilight era Robert Pattinson, but like now era Robert Pattinson. Yeah, Lighthouse era Robert yeah, Pattinson. Yeah, yeah, Lighthouse era Robert Pattinson, yeah. And for that matter, Lighthouse era Willem Dafoe. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know what it is in that movie about him that, like, gets me so bad. I think Willem Dafoe's got, like, something going on. I think he does. He's bombastic. Especially when he's, like, this fucking crusty ass, like, <laughs> Neptune King of the Sea dude. <laughs> anyway. anyway <laughs> seeing Charlie as, like, this, like, slightly droopy, mustachioed guy, just constantly getting sacked off by his daughter, sacked off by his daughter's vampire boyfriend, or, like... When he really needs to, for the purposes of the romance's progression, shown the barest courtesy by his daughter's vampire boyfriend before said VB, like spirits his daughter off to Fiji to have sex with her exactly once and knock her up. <laughs> but And the whole time you just see him like he's coming out there for Bella. And the reason this makes him my favourite sexy dad is I want to come out for Charlie. <laughs> yeah, you want someone to back Charlie up, right? Yeah, exactly. It's why I really value the scenes where he gets some QT with like the wolf boys or their dads or, or, or whatever, or where he does some fucking sheriff shit. I don't know. Because <laughs> I am just like, this guy has a life. Yeah. Like this guy has a whole life. And not only is he dealing with the exigencies of raising a teenage daughter, he's doing that pretty conscious of all the vampire bullshit after a point and i just want to be like charlie like i will marry you like bella you know (laughs) bella's got her new family she'll still visit from time to time but let's like retire to the hamptons man like let's make a go of it exactly you know let's go on a road trip to like nevada i i (laughs) he like simultaneously inspires in me that like paternity feeling Mm. I think he's sexy and I just want to like fucking fix him up. (laughs) 
I want to fix him up like he fixes up Bella's truck. You want to like be there at home after he's come back from a long day sheriffing and you've made him yeah. his favorite dinner. Yeah. And you know, oh. you, lay, you lay out his favorite dinner, you crack him open a cold beer and he's just really grateful. Oh my God. I'm actually like <laughs> quite hot under the color just thinking about that. Like honestly, because like you see him, he comes home in the movie and he's like... He's trying to get Bella to eat because she's depressed or yeah. like, or, or she's a vampire. And like, he does want a cold beer. Like, yeah. he can't cook for shit. He's not built for this. He's been a pretty lonely guy. Just, oh, I'm, no. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Charlie, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh no, I'm sad now. <laughs> oh, but it's not sad because I am going to write the fan fiction where I fix this. Does Charlie end up with like a little bit of a love interest by the end? Does he? I think he does. I don't remember who it is, but I think it's like very briefly touched upon. I feel like they often pair off these sad dads with like the town doctor or something. Yeah, but then I think I that's think also one be... of the vampires. I think it might be someone from like Jacob's tribe. I can't remember. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah, you... I think it is. I think oh, they start getting right. like closer as the books go on, and it's very much like in the background, and Bella kind of like perceives it. You don't really get that much insight into it. She like rolls her eyes at it a bit. Well, good fucking good for him, you know? Yeah, good for him. He doesn't end up by himself by the end. I think he gets himself a nice wife. Oh. Yeah. That actually brings my heart like a lot of sucker. Yeah. So that's me on Charlie. And believe me, I could talk about this (laughs) all day. But I am keen to hear about your sexy dad. So I said that one was divorced and one was widowed. Actually, they're both widowed. So I don't know if Mm. I just like have a type. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like dead wives. <laughs> <laughs> Men whose obstacles have been removed. Exactly, just completely out of the picture. No threat. <laughs> um, so mine's, the first one is quite a recent one, which is Sheriff Hassan from Midnight Mass. Mm. It's another sheriff. The setting is this very secluded island somewhere in America where like there's like two ferries a day to get to it and it's like very cut off and there's like a very strong christian community on the island Mm, and the sheriff mm. that gets posted to this little island town um is a muslim man whose wife has died uh, and he brings his teenage son Mm. and he is outrageously hot very much in a sexy dad way is this the guy played by rahul kohli uh yes yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, 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 yeah. He is so, fit as fuck. He's fit as fuck. And also, the actor is a he-they, so bonus points for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, he very much just, like, fits all of the beats that you want to see in a sexy dad. Like, he's struggling to, like, fit in in the new town. He's trying to do right by his son. Also, like, some really fucked up shit's happening in the town. He's just, like, doing his fucking best to, like, keep a lid on it and figure out what's going on. He's perpetually tired and, like, overworked. And like sad, a bit sad and lonely because he's lost his wife. But like, I can't tell you too much because you haven't seen it. And I think the less you know about it, the better. But keep an eye out for Sheriff Hassan when you watch it and you'll get you'll get what I'm putting down. Feel free to talk about it as much as you want, like for the audience's benefit. I don't mind spoilers if you can reveal more dadliness. Well, no, that I can't. I, no, I don't want to spoil it for you. I don't want to spoil it for you. Okay, okay. <laughs> who's, who's your other dad? I don't want to spoil it for you. Like, the journey that he goes on with his son as well, in terms of, like, there's, like, a crisis of faith that kind of happens. And he 
he's just like a really fucking excellent dad throughout it all even though it's Mm -hmm. like a really big struggle for him and it's yeah it's brilliant the other sexy dad that i want to mention is the dad from finding nemo oh (laughs) because cleo went to our last halloween party dressed as the sexy dad from finding nemo and i'm really surprised that it hasn't come up at at this point in the podcast already so honorable shout out to that (laughs) i forgot about the sexy dad i can't believe we did a whole episode and forgot about the sexy dad i did not forget about the sexy dad from finding nemo because i was at a party where i had to enjoy you going around every 10 minutes being like has everyone seen my boy (laughs) (laughs) his name is nemo (laughs) exactly Nobody that went to that party is ever going to forget about the sexy dad from Finding Nemo. (laughs) (laughs) Did I tell you, this guy is not a sexy dad, or he might be, but he's a very outlandish contender. So we went to a horror movie night the other night. We do a regular horror movie night here in Norwich with our friends. I went, but Ree couldn't make it. And (laughs) Annie and Paul reminded me of Robin Fox. Robin Fox? As in, it's just the bit that you were doing with Kate Duckney. Yes! (laughs) Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Can you believe that I had forgotten? Robin Fox meant so much to me, and I had forgotten. Are you going to relay Robin Fox for the listeners? Are you going to subject I am, that to them? Oh boy, I'm going to relay Robin Fox to the listeners. Oh, I'm really sorry in advance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to explain Robin Fox because I'm actually interested in whether people think Robin Fox is a sexy dad or not. Okay, but Robin Fox isn't a real thing. It's a bit that you made up. Well, that remains to be seen. So... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I didn't introduce Robin Fox. Robin Fox had, like, exited my memory completely, Mm. which I I apologise for. I'm sorry to Kate, to myself, and to Robin. (laughs) It was Annie who brought up Robin Fox. And then when I mentioned thinking about Kate, Annie was like, oh, did you and Kate Duckney make up Robin Fox? I thought he was like a character from something. She had like whole (laughs) scenes with Robin Fox in them in her head. (laughs) So Robin Fox Origins is me and my great love, Kate. Kate, I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but I'm sorry that this is your shout out. I just had major surgery and I was hopped up on morphine, had a tactical piss bag strapped to my leg and Kate was one of the first people to visit me in hospital. And we went down for a little coffee and I was like hobbling along, I was off my nut to be honest. I wasn't making a lot of sense and we were talking about when your kids and like who your first crushes are and we both had a crush on the animated fox from Disney's Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. In my adult state, I kept saying Robin Fox. (laughs) And this conversation gave birth to this character who is an adult man wearing a heavily soiled fox fursuit. It's like incomplete. You can see that there's no like feet to it. He's just wearing like really filthy sneakers. Like one of the hands is missing. It's quite obviously been stained by blood. He's clutching like a pint of tenants extra strong. And you can hear stuff like rattling around in there. What a delightful word pick to your painting. The fursuit, so that it's like supposed to look like Disney's Robin Hood, has like 
like a children's green t-shirt pulled over it with great difficulty, but it clearly doesn't fit. And then he's just like leering out from it. And he does like parties and weddings, you know, stuff like that. He's like what you get if you hire like a Robin Hood, but you don't quite have the budget for it. You get Robin Fox. And he just like shows up fully drunk, like impossibly drunk. And he's not like a bad DJ, but he's also just like, he constantly says like little catchphrases like, I love money. <laughs> he goes like, I killed a man. I hate and... this so much. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. And he's like, it's me. It's Robin Fox. <sighs> he's not a sexy dad. I can't remember if we decided he's like actually believes he is Disney's Robin Hood. Are you making the case that this is a sexy dad? I'm leaving that up to the judgment of the audience. <laughs> if you're imagining Robin Fox in his soiled, beer-scented fursuit, mm. and you're like, I can fix him, then... <laughs> is that how you're imagining it? Do you think you could fix Robin Fox? <sighs> I think he's real and strong. Mm. But I think that, like, part of the character is that no one can fix Robin Fox. Like, mm. not even Robin Fox can fix Robin Fox. <laughs> I love money! <laughs> God. He loves money. <laughs> he is quite a good DJ, though. <laughs> okay. like, like, not amazing, but he's quite a good DJ. He's got, like, the right balance of, like, cheese and dance classics. Like, wedding disco tier. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, he's good at what he does you just kind of wish that like he didn't look like he does and that he didn't keep saying the things that he says we could do with some fan art of robin fox i think yeah we actually have and i think i'm going to release this wait do we have some fan art yes we have our first piece of pronouns in bio fan art our high tier patreon subscribers are imminently going to receive some edward cullen fan art from myself but also with the public release of the Twilight episode today, we actually have some Edward Cullen fan art from the fans. Oh my God, where? How can I see this? Can you send this to me right now? Can I send it to you right Yeah, okay, one second. <laughs> it's really good. It's really, really good. Okay, it's on your phone. <laughs> it's on your WhatsApp. <laughs> But anyway, that notwithstanding, this isn't the Edward Cullen episode, whether or not you think Robin Fox is a sexy dad, the dad from Finding Nemo, Rhea is absolutely right, he is a sexy dad. Yes. That I will also put on the Twitter, I've got a photo somewhere of the costume. Yeah, uh, yeah. you should put your, put your sexy Nemo uh, costume up when this episode goes live. He just has a kind of raw sexual charisma. <laughs> he does, he does, and he cares so much about his son. He cares so much. Yeah. Like, his, his name is Nemo. Wait, what? The dad's name's not Nemo. Well, I don't... The dad's <laughs> name is Dad from Finding Nemo, but, like... <laughs> it was so, like, poignant of Disney to name the sexy dad from Finding Nemo sexy dad from Finding Nemo. Yeah, honestly, I wish more film franchises were clear like that. Like, dads have good, clear dad names. Like, Goofy, sexy dad from Finding Nemo, <laughs> Charlie Twilight... <laughs> It all makes sense. Yeah, he just, like, he gets into such danger to save his son, and he's, like, he's widowed as well. Yeah, oh, my that's God. It, that's what I mean. Both my sexy dads Fuck. are widowed, so I think 
I think that there's a pattern forming here. Yeah, like a very tight Venn diagram of like widower, divorcee, and mm-hmm. cop. Yeah, yeah. I posited this at the beginning of the podcast, and now I'm like really utterly convinced there's a significant Venn diagram crossover between like sexy dad and sheriff. Are you happy to move on to Ally of the Week? Yeah, I am actually. It's going to be a significant tonal shift. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm taking Dad from Finding Nemo and Robin Fox very seriously. So mm. I'm, I'm prepared. Okay. So the next part of the show is called Ally of the Week where Rhee is going to bring forward to us someone from the sexy dad community who has shown allyship, like good allyship, to the LGBTQIA plus community. Re, who have we got in the cards today? Okay, so this Sexy Dad's edition of Ally of the Week is God. Wow. <laughs> that was a tonal shift. <laughs> okay, it's God. Who else could it be? Like, in episode five... I named our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ as episode five's gay of future past. Mm-hmm. So it only seems right that God is our like ally of the week in this sexy dad's episode as a God who loved and loves his son unconditionally. That is true. That is true. <laughs> mm. That is true. Right? Did, did you go to a religious school? I did. <laughs> there is like a little thing about... Like, I know it's important that the son and the father are distinct. Mm. It's also quite theologically important that they're the same. Mm-hmm. They're still distinct enough. Yeah, okay, I'll allow it. Are you letting me have God as the ally of the week? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, please. I don't want to get any, like, fucking weird set of Acantist types crawling up my ass because of my <laughs> poor theology on the Trinity. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, God is the ally of the week. <laughs> Talk me through your reasoning. So I was going to make like a bunch of silly jokes here, like in true pronouns and bio style. But I actually want to like give space to another voice that has written and published stuff on about his relationship with God, a trans voice, which I found really moving when I read. I I came across this blog post recently. Um, And I guess I just kind of wanted to share a little little bit of it with you because I just thought it was really nice. Absolutely. But it's not funny, so I hope that's okay. (laughs) So I actually thought about this, and I've been thinking about it since the Twilight episode. Yeah. After the, I think, Mothman episode. Mm. Yeah, the Conspiracies episode. One of our friends, we were on a drive, and he said to me, you've been getting really good at this podcast business. You've got just the right balance of like silly bits and you know like serious interesting stuff like at first I I feel like you weren't really sure but now you've kind of really got there Mm -hmm. and since then we have just pulled like (laughs) honestly some of the stupidest shit we've done in our lives out of our asses in a long (laughs) magician's handkerchief chain and I feel really really bad that we got this wonderful compliment and then (laughs) went straight on to be like twink car vampire (laughs) boy wizard whatever so yeah please please lay some 
a sincerity on us. As I said, I'd already named Jesus as the gay of future past. Not necessarily because I'd said that Jesus was gay, but because of the political reasons for being able to say that. So if you haven't listened to the episode, then I recommend going back to episode five uh, and listening to that one. But I thought about God because, like, what better ally than a God who loves us all, right? Mm, mm. So I found this uh, essay from Jay Hume, who is a British transgender transgender poet, uh, and the essay is called Flaws. Jay pulls a quote from Julian of Norwich, which I also thought was pertinent, mm. uh, as we have spoken about Julian before on the podcast. We love Julian. We do love Julian. When Julian of Norwich spoke of a God who loves us all unconditionally, she was ridiculed. Such a concept was so foreign to the teachings of the medieval church that to some it bordered on heresy. But the church changed, the world changed, perhaps even God changed, as he did upon hearing Moses begging him to reconsider. Or perhaps God was always this way and we simply failed to see it through the specks in our eyes. We will never know for certain. What we can know, however, are the truths of our own experiences, and like mine, like Julian's, uh, they are filled with love. God loves us all and created us all exactly as we are. As a transgender person, I am often asked why I defy God's will in this way, or why I choose to live as the opposite gender to the one God created me with. These are not questions I can answer because they make the wrong assumptions. You see, as with all people, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It just so happens that God made me transgender. I know that I am a man in the same way that I know without any doubt that God loves me, that God made me exactly as I am, that living this life as this person is what God meant for me to do, that transgender people are merely part of the infinite variety of human experience that God created millennia ago. These things are truths, not in ways that are measurable, but in ways that are all consuming. It pains me to hear people put limits on God's work in order to exclude others, to hear them claim that God could not have made LGBT people just as they are, and that the rich and varied lives God gave to us are not innate things, but choices, urges, and sins. As if God, who made all of existence from the smallest sapling to the vast clouds of dust circling the furthest star, could have such limited imagination when it comes to his most precious creation, humanity. And that's at the end of the quote from Jay. Wow. How good is that, right? That is beautiful. Isn't it? And so, yeah, I came across that like the other night when I was looking at his blog and I was like, I was just really struck by it. Uh, and so when I was thinking mm. about Ally of the Week, I thought that God was a good fit using Jay's words. There are two things I want to say here and I'm going to do them from most to least appropriate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because the first is that I feel like there has been an undercurrent of talking about God and particularly a loving relationship to God that has gained in intensity in our queer community in Norwich mm. over the years. You know, it's something that I remember really struggling with until Annie sparked it in me by talking about, you know, the way that God loves you mm -hmm. for who you are, not in spite of who you are. Mm -hmm. And then seeing that gather strength, I think, has been, if not a natural, then certainly an accompanying part of people developing their relationships with themselves, with the people around them, and fundamentally developing, deepening, refining the ways that they love. Mm -hmm. That whether you, you know, believe in 
God as an, an infinite being or God as the world or God as a force or God as something outside everything or, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. The ability to believe in there being some huge, like all-encompassing presence that loves you mm-hmm. grows with your capacity to love yourself and to love others. Absolutely, yeah. The other thing I wanted to say was, yes, you've justified that God is a dad, but where is the sexy? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I feel like I should have found some sexy God fan art. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, for the sake of my relationship with God, I am glad that you didn't. I'm sure it's out there. And I, I personally just don't want to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think we could make the case that God is the original cop. Um, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I would say God's probably pretty tired. Definitely. Definitely a bit tired. A bit rough around the edges, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, he gave his children free will and they constantly test his patience with it. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that he's divorced, but he definitely has, like, a troubled relationship with his kids. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I think he's ticking the boxes. And, you know, yeah, there is that kind of authentic paternity there Mm -hmm. listeners if you're finding this is dabbling a little too much in the sacrilegious pool then just listen back to the really beautiful bit that read read again until your your worries are mollified Um, you made me make it sexy (laughs) (laughs) i'll never get my comeuppance i feel bad for saying god's the original cop i don't know if i stand by that after i've given it more than 10 seconds of thought I guess I'm thinking in like an authority figure sense rather than like... Because that's why you get the sad cop, sexy dad archetype, right? And it's I feel like it's a real blind spot. Like, you know, so many of us in the queer community in particular are like ACAB 24-7 and then we see like a sad grizzled cop on television and we're like... (laughs) uh." Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's complicated. I think it's about the authority. Yeah, and you're right. God is an authority. And you know, like... Like many sexy dads, God's authority is wielded in a, a diverse range of ways. You know, you, it's, it's really interesting that you talk about Moses pleading with God on Mount Sinai. Yeah, there's a Jay's words, not mine, but yeah. There's also the way that God tests Abraham. There's also the shunning from the garden. I, I want to stress to any God-fearing or theologically minded listeners, that while I'm not theologically minded, I certainly am Mm God-fearing. And I'm not speaking with, like, any attempt at serious theology here. But there are all sorts of different ways that paternity is modelled in the sense of the father. Yeah. I think this is a good point, unless you've got anything else to add for Ally of the Week. I do not. For us to move on to the next section, where to close up our episode, we're going to talk a little bit about who gets to be a dad. One of the things I want to talk about is, uh, I want to talk about religion a little more, Mm -hmm. which we can get to through God. I also want to talk about gender a little more, Mm -hmm. which also links on from God for me, because in my own religious practice, I never think of God as having a masculine gender. I think God has a masculine gender, but that's not his only gender. Yeah, mm. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. I think God can be the sexy dad, but he can be something else too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyway, God, you're the ally of the week. Thanks for loving all the gays, despite what everyone tries to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. There you go. Oh. 
That makes me feel good. That makes me feel good. I'm glad. <laughs> so for our final section on the show, I want to talk about whether the sexy dad archetype can extend to non-dad dads. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about the way that cops are often involved in this. I also wanted to introduce priests, mm-hmm. particularly in movies where they call the priest padre. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, you know, obviously the Pope is Il Papa. Like There are plenty of various linguistic communities where that's just how you call the priest. You know, in English, we call the priest father. Mm. For some reason, padre is just more sexy dad to me. But you know what I mean <laughs> when in the movie there's like the action guy or the cop or whoever who goes to the priest and he calls the priest padre regardless of cultural context. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's a sexy dad thing. So padres can be priests, but fathers cannot. Oh, I... Yeah, I think a padre is a sexy dad, but a father isn't. Mm. I think I'm winning there, but I don't really have any reasons why. <laughs> no, me neither. I, I'm imagining this section as kind of like a lightning round vibes based situation. <laughs> okay, yeah, vibes. Okay, yeah, sure. Cool. So we've got padres. Mm. Any other professions that are quite dadly? Hmm. Or is it just priests and cops, which is even more inter- interesting? Yeah, I'm trying to think of like other sexy dads in media and like what professions they have. Because I'm thinking of other authority figures and like... Like teachers and doctors. Not really like educational professionals no. or like... I was going to be like chefs. I guess I have... <laughs> I guess chefs seem authoritarian to me. <laughs> I guess so. I don't think... No. I don't think those are sexy dad categories. Is Remy from Ratatouille a sexy dad? <laughs> no. Cool. No. Good to know. Definitely not. Good to Definitely not. <laughs> So my next thing, and this is again stemming on from the God thing, can dads of various genders beyond the conventional like male dad be sexy dads? Yes, obviously. For sure. I mean, you started out by calling me a sexy dad, so that would say that probably Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Well, no, I'm really glad that that came to fit because I was like feeling really betrayed because I was trying to come up with examples of like sexy dad people of varying genders Mm. but obviously because of the way that we construct gender conventionally as a society or the way that we tend to construct gender socially all of the people i could like search for as dads or like think of as dads like prototypically cisgender men or even you know like transgender men but obviously they're still men Mm. i've got one i think michelle rodriguez is a sexy dad Oh, yeah. Oh, such a good call. Yeah, I think, especially in uh, Fast and Furious, I think she's a sexy dad. Both her and Vin Diesel are both sexy dads together. Yes, agree. They are our D4D. Yeah. (laughs) Like, she's not not a sexy mum, you know? Like, she's definitely a sexy dad. No, she's definitely a sexy dad. Yeah, she's not a male. Weirdly, she's so sexy dad that Vin Diesel... He's actually, like, edging over into, like, hot mum territory. Yeah, Vin Diesel's more MILF. And yeah, 100%. And Michelle Rodriguez is more of a, a sexy dad, for sure. 
MILF stands for Michelle is like father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because my example of a of a like non-male dad was the lion from Narnia. <laughs> How is the lion from Narnia different from the fish from Finding Nemo? Well, no, that's what I mean. <laughs> They've got the same energy. They've got the same energy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're both like very protective, quite sexy in a sort of like primal way that like you don't know what they would do to defend their kids. Is the lion from Narnia an allegory for... Isn't it a religious allegory? Oh, yeah, it is actually. So we're sort of doing God again. We're doing God again, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it all comes back <laughs> the to three... God. The <laughs> The three forms of God. God, <laughs> Lion from Narnia, and Michelle Rodriguez. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> Crossing myself before what is honestly a weird icon. Oh, no. <laughs> Anyway, Michelle Rodriguez is a better example. <laughs> the hierarchy of like non-male sexy dads. Mm. It goes Michelle Rodriguez, you, Lion from Narnia. <laughs> yeah. Judith Butler. Judith Butler! <laughs> <laughs> I think Judith Butler is way higher up. <laughs> <laughs> I think Judith Butler's higher than me. I think it deserves second spot. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, I can't remember what I was going to say. I tried to, like, move the bit along and was honestly just vividly imagining Judith Butler in Narnia. <laughs> and my brain wasn't prepared for, like, the intensity of this image. Mm, the crossover of the century. Judith Butler offering me some Turkish delight and I instantly betray my <laughs> non-binary lion dad. <laughs> <laughs> I have a PhD in gender. <laughs> So the other subcategory of dad I thought of mm. was can... So I guess, like, supernatural creatures can be dads when they can form, like, dad relationships. Mm. So, like, there's vampire dads in Twilight, there's werewolf dads, whatever. There's probably a wizard dad in Harry Potter. I don't really know, but there probably is. <laughs> there is, yeah. What other kinds of mythical creatures can be sexy dads? So I thought maybe ghosts. mm Mm-hmm. Cause like Bruce Willis in the sixth sense, definitely sexy dad. Oh Bruce Willis has got enormous sexy dad energy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he is a ghost. And he is also dead, yeah. No, yeah, I think it extends to creatures too. Cool. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some, hang on. I'm just like doing Jay Z's verse from Monster <laughs> in my head. <laughs> what do you think of like mummies? Can you have a sexy daddy mummy? I mean, there's what's his face, Imhotep from The Mummy. That's a sexy dad. Oh, he's got huge sexy dad energy, actually, yeah. right? Although he's pretty buff, so I don't know. He's buff, but also very tired. Yeah, exactly. He's really tired. He is widowed. He is widowed. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. You can have that. Yeah. And he was a priest. Oh, my God. He's a padre. He's a fucking padre. Yeah, he's... Definitely in the sexy dad category. <laughs> wow. So mythical beasts aside, there is one question I wanted to answer mm. on this podcast before I forget, which is what is the difference between a sexy dad and a daddy? Oh, 
Oh. And I'm asking this sincerely because, like, I don't know. No, like, a daddy. Okay. So when you say those words to me, this is this is the difference for me. A daddy is in an is explicitly sexual role, but a sexy dad isn't necessarily. Okay. You could have a sexy dad that like never even kisses anyone on screen or anything like that. Never does anything actually mm. sexual, but is still mm. a sexy dad. But like a daddy is like that's like a sex thing to me. No, no, totally. So I wanna stress that like I've never like I get the like broad psychosexual elements of it, but I've never fully got the daddy thing. No, neither have I. I feel like I'm I'm talking from a very limited understanding of it. <laughs> If there are any daddies in the audience who could fill us in, <laughs> then that would be ideal. I don't think we know any daddies, although we may be sorely mistaken. We've got a Halloween party that pretty much all our friends are coming to on Saturday. Let's find out. Let's find out if there are any daddies. <laughs> we'll report back to you on the next episode. <laughs> we'll give you the, the hot goss on our friends. I'm sure you're all dying to know. <laughs> <laughs> report back on the daddies in our inner circle. <laughs> Could you have a sexy dad who is a daddy or a daddy who is a sexy dad? Or are they like kind of mutually exclusive? Mm, I'm not sure. I'm trying to like think this through in my head about whether. So I'm pretty sure it's definitely true that not all sexy dads are daddies. But I'm trying to work out whether all daddies are sexy dads. All daddies are sexy. No, I don't don't think think all daddies are sexy dads at all. No. Because daddies includes... So maybe I'm getting this wrong, but does daddies include, like, your Fifty Shades types? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. So Christian Grey is definitely not a sexy dad, dad. even after they have the baby. He's absolutely not a sexy dad, no. No. But he is reluctantly... He is a daddy figure, yeah. Yeah, in the text, he's a daddy. Is he? (laughs) Is that in the text? (laughs) Isn't that a thing? Maybe it's a thing. I can't say I remember that clearly. I did read the first book at the time. I read all of them. Oh, really? Wow. How did you get through all of them? I was working in care homes and I was doing long night shifts. (laughs) And honestly, after a while, alias Grace started to get a bit thick. No, I don't. I was about to Google Fifty Shades of Grey Daddy. And that that was about to be such a fucking bad move. (laughs) I'd rather see the fucking god fan art than Google sexy fucking Fifty Shades of Grey daddy. <laughs> Saying Padre forgive me before slamming god daddy into Google. <laughs> Safe search no. off. No. <laughs> but no, like even if it's not in the text, then yeah, like the vibes are there. Yeah, that's what I mean. This is where I sort of get confused about it being like a like a sex thing like it's you know i i've like i did my time in the kink world as anti-horny as my stance is now I, i'm not going to pretend i didn't learn it in the trenches <laughs> but I, I guess i never really got if daddy is like a bdsm thing or like just like a regular sex thing that gets into bdsm or what i don't know i, I think don't know. we're both just ignorant about it <laughs> but i think you're on something i think that is an important distinction between the two of them yeah. Yeah. Also, since when has us being ignorant about something ever stopped us from drawing <laughs> conclusions about it? This is true. I do think that the more we talk about it, the more I actually think that 
there is a point of alienation between daddy and sexy dad. Like, you can be a sexy dad and a daddy, but if you stray too far into daddy territory, I think it actually starts to eat into your sexy dadness. You revoke your sexy dad card, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you kind of give it up and become something different. Mm, yeah, I agree. <laughs> you, you, you become a daddy, but at what cost? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can see that this episode's running on a bit. I know that you are a little under the weather, and honestly, our listeners probably are as well after that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else you would like to add to this episode? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) I think I'm good. (laughs) Re needs to go and rest up somewhere so that they can truly become the sexy dad (laughs) that they want to see in the world. So without further ado, that is everything from us. If you have any sexy dad facts you want to send to us, then you can send them to us at pronouncecast on Twitter or pronouncecast at gmail.com. Or you can leave a review of the episode on your podcast platform. That would be super helpful if you did that. So please do. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. As always, put the pronouns in the bio Put the bio in the pronouns <laughs> dad says it's my my turn on the pronouns <laughs> <laughs> nice. oh god okay <laughs> cut.